I'd like to just take some time now and look at a passage of scripture with you. I'm reading from the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verses 24 through 28. It says, For Christ did not enter the holy place made with hands, a mere copy of the true one, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor was it that he would offer himself often as the high priest enters the holy place year by year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise, he would have needed to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the consummation of the ages, he has been manifested to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And inasmuch as it is appointed to men to die once, and after this judgment, so Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. Let's just have a word of prayer before we look into God's word. We thank you, God, for your truth. We thank you that you have given it to us so we can learn from it. We pray as we share together today in this truth of your word, there may be both conviction and comfort and that we may hear what you have to speak to us. Thank you for your word and that your word is truth. Just bless the time we share together here in your word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I would just like to point out three things from this passage. And the first is what I call the reality of life. And it's found in that phrase, and inasmuch it is as it is appointed for men to die once. Now, you may stop and say, well, I don't believe the Bible and that's just an assertion of scripture. That's what you people believe. That's okay, but I don't believe that and I don't want anything to do with that. But let me point out something that's very important. That this phrase is not just an assertion of scripture. It's a reality of life. If you stop and think for a moment, you will see that it really doesn't matter how long a man lives, whether he lives 40 years, 50 years, 70 years, 100 years, 120 years, he's going to die. Everybody dies. That's a reality of life. It's not just an assertion of scripture, but what it does for us is asserts the fact that scripture is true when it makes its statement. 
it is appointed unto man once to die. Let me just point out a few things here. The word appointed in the Greek has the idea to lay aside or set aside. And so what it is saying, it has been appointed or laid aside or set aside for every man to die. And it's interesting, the verb tense here is what is expresses an ongoing thing. And what it's really saying is every man all the time is has an appointed time to die. Every man's time is appointed that he should die. And uh, it's uh, uh, something that is very interesting when you stop and think about it. And uh, it, it is the scripture being affirmed by the reality of life. Now, let me just say something about this appointment that is spoken of here. It is appointment that we do not make and that we cannot break. It is an appointment that we, in other words, have nothing to do with except that we know this appointment has been set for us. Now, when this appointment's going to come, we don't know. Nobody knows when their appointment is going to come. I have had the sad privilege of conducting a funeral of a one-year-old boy that was the son of one of my best friends, his appointed time. Matthew's appointed time was not five years ago when he fell. And most of us thought, oh, this is Matthew's appointed time. He's gone. The doctors had given up. They just said, there's nothing we can do for him. But that was not his appointed time. And God miraculously laid his hand upon him and restored him to health and restored him to his family. But his appointed time came this past Sunday. And at that appointed time, there was no changing that appointment. Matthew met it without question, without argument. He met that appointment. And so we find that the when, really, we don't know. When is it going to be? I have a dear friend who passed away at 105, her appointed time. And someone was just telling me this past week there was a war, World War II veteran who uh, uh, went through the war, lived through it all, and just passed away recently at 112 years old. 
his appointed time. His appointed time wasn't in World War II. And so we all have an appointed time, but we don't know when. And the second thing I think we have to understand is we don't know how. How am I going to die at that appointed time? Will it be a tragic accident, car accident, a plane accident, falling off a roof? I don't know. See, we don't know how. It could be through a terrible sickness. It could be through old age, just dying because the body's worn out and the time appointed has come. So, the fact that we are going to die is an unarguable reality. The Bible says that it is appointed unto us once to die, and the person that makes the appointment is God himself. God appoints the time of our death, even as he has appointed the time of our life. The second thing I want to point out is not only the reality of life, but the result of that reality, <laughs> the result of that reality. It says, and after this, judgment. After this, judgment. The word judgment in the Greek could be translated decision. Decision. There's a decision made after we die. But we don't make that decision. God is the one who created us and he is the one who makes that decision. After I die, I don't decide whether I want to be annihilated, go to heaven, or go to hell. That has been already decided by God. And so the reality is that all of us who have been created have been set a time for death and after that death there will be a decision made of our eternal well-being. And let me point out that the eternal well-being whether we go to heaven or hell, is determined by God and not by us. And then let me point out the third thing in this passage, which is of great hope to all of us as we sit here, and it's what I call the resource to deal with the reality. There is a reality that we are going to stand before God. That is no question, just like there's a reality that everybody is going to die, and they're going to die sometime. And I just want to quickly look at two phrases in this passage in Hebrews. One from verse 26, which reads, But once at the consummation of the ages, he has been manifested to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And then in verse 28, it says, 
so Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins of many. Let me just point out here, the word once there in the Greek has the idea of once and only once, at only one time, Christ died. He didn't die many times because, as Andy mentioned in his uh, uh, eulogy, uh, Christ was God manifest in the flesh, and therefore his death was worth infinite, of infinite value. And we see that he died once. Now, the word consummation there in the original again has the idea of bringing all things together. And uh, it's referring to the fact that this bringing together is the bringing together of the purposes of God in the person of Jesus Christ. It's not talking about an end, but God bringing everything together so that we have a resource so that we can be right with God. What is God's purpose? It is stated in the phrase, to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Let me just say, it can be better translated this way. Toward the cancellation of offenses against God through the sacrifice of himself. When Christ died on the cross, he died presenting himself as a sacrifice for the sins of his people. And he died, and he was the only one that could pray that price because he was the infinite God. So, he then goes on and explains it further in the 28th verse. It says, he bore or carried away our offenses against God. He carried them away. And that's a very interesting phrase. What it's saying to us is this, that God brought all things together so that Jesus Christ could carry away our sins and take them away so God would not see them and deal with them anymore. But how does this happen in our lives? How does this work? Well, we must first understand and accept and believe who Jesus Christ is, and we must believe that his sacrifice is sufficient to appease the holy God whom we have brought offenses against. And one of the great truths is that it is sufficient. It is sufficient. It will take care of our sin problem. So, if that's true, then, which it is, then the question is, 
what are you going to do with Jesus who paid the ransom? Are you going to reject him? Or are you going to accept him? And you see, the answer to that question will determine your eternal destiny. Where you spend eternity. And based on your decision today, God's decision after you die will be either you go to heaven or you go to hell. Either you suffer eternally or you live in the presence of God and his glory eternally. And let me just remind you as a word of encouragement to those of you who know Jesus Christ. It says there, it says that those who know him eagerly wait. We eagerly wait. That's our comfort and consolation. We are eagerly waiting for Jesus Christ. And that waiting could be fulfilled in our death or it could be fulfilled when he comes again and judges this whole earth. And what a comfort it is to know that he has taken care of the problem and it is up to us, to each one of us, whether we will accept what Jesus Christ has done in carrying away our sin or we will reject it and pay the eternal price in punishment in hell. The choice is ours and those who have made this choice rejoice today in the God who offers that choice. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you for this word, a word of conviction and a word of comfort. Comfort for those who are looking for hope. Comfort for those who accept the hope and conviction that those who do not will end up with God's decision of condemnation. Thank you for your great love that you show in us in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that the word that is here, that is spoken, that is from you, might touch our hearts and minds. I pray this in the name of him, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior and our God. Amen.